digital technologies and on-demand experiences are transforming all industries. In dentistry, we have gone digital inside the clinic. Now it's time to expand virtually beyond the clinic to impact and reach more patients than ever before. In this podcast, we discuss the mindset, tools, and strategies you can implement to grow your practice, work more flexibly, and offer your patients the best options digital dental care brings. I'm Dr. Alec Shukla, and welcome to Beyond the Clinic. Cooks, great to catch up with you this morning. Thank you for joining me and um, really looking forward to our conversation. Some really interesting bits are going to be revealed. So tell me, like, explain a little bit about, about you and your background and, and how you help dentists. Okay, so um, the way in which I'm connected with dentists is quite unconventional because it all starts with chilies and chili sauce. And the reason I say that is I actually started a, a family business making chili sauces. So my dad's chili sauce, we started in our garden shed picking chilies by hand, washing them in the bathtub. And um, I scaled that business to such an extent that we ended up supplying the likes of Tesco, Sainsbury's, Ocado. We were exporting to South Africa, to New York. Um, we were on TV with the BBC, on the radio. Um, and I just scaled and, and kind of grew that business, grew that brand um, to, to such a point that it was known around the world. And I got to a point where I actually hated it, believe it or not. I got to a point where it consumed my life it was evenings it was weekends it was taking more from me than it was giving me and all I knew was I just didn't want that I didn't know what the answer was but I just knew I didn't want that life anymore and so naturally what I did was decide to start another business doing something completely different because that's what I thought the answer was and I found myself making the same mistakes again if I didn't work I didn't get paid uh, the business was making good money it was growing Um, but again I was I just realized I didn't want that particular life. And it was at that point that I actually got introduced to the concept of business coaching. Now, I have to be honest, I had a bit of an ego and I was like, well, why am I going to go to a business coach? What is this coach going to tell me that I don't know already? I managed to start a business from my garden shed, scale it and grow it. I've got another business and I'm I'm the best thing in the world. Um, But it wasn't the case at all. I went to this coaching session and within the first hour, I realized the biggest problem in the business was me. I was the biggest bottleneck in the business. I was the one that was holding myself back personally as well. Um, And from that moment on, I realized that I'd actually had a fixed mindset. I wasn't about growth the way that I thought I was. And so I actually embarked on a business coaching program to learn how to build a business that can start to work more without me. And this is really important for our conversation later on. Um, and, And so fast forward to today, I've still got the family business. Um, I've actually got two other businesses. One of them, you know, we've talked about the digital marketing business where we do actually work with dentists and then my, my kind of production business as well. So the three businesses, and they primarily run themselves. I still oversee stuff on the top level, but my day-to-day work is starting to become more and more about coaching and business coaching because I, I'm able to help people now navigate the same journey that, that I went on and, and also actually make the transition from you know like we've talked about being a technician to a business owner and a lot of people aren't even aware of that concept um and so that's that's me in a nutshell uh and that's a great start and and like i'd say that the the crisps are delicious i sent them to my parents they love them basically okay, as well, good, like, <laughs> and, but yeah but that's a good start right so because if we think about it like where we work with dentists is like we help them get more line of patients and grow their line of practice but the thing is, when you're the technician doing everything yourself, then when the kind of number of inquiries increases, 
it starts to put strain on you as the bottleneck if you're the only provider. So you have yeah. to, then it has to make a shift from being the technician that does everything to more of a leader and kind of business owner so yeah. they can kind of like guide things in a better way. So why don't we start there, right? Like, um, so what's this initial mindset shifts or, or things to kind of think about at that phase where you, you, you're kind of busy doing everything, doing everything yourself, yeah. but now you kind of need to transition into building your organization, your, your yeah. team, to like look after some of those processes for you I, I work with a lot of dentists now um i, I do I, I meet a lot of dentists i work a lot of dentists who are practice owners uh, and what i've found is this that dentists spend up to 10 years let's say studying to become a dentist right to become the best possible dentist whether you're a specialist orthodontist or periodontist whatever the skill set might be um you spend a long time studying to do that and then you'll work somewhere then eventually you you know open your own practice and what that means is that you're a brilliant dentist, but you've got almost no knowledge or education on how to be a business owner. Because the minute you open the doors to your own practice, now all of a sudden you're a manager, you're a recruiter, you're a marketing person, you're a salesperson. You could, in theory, be the cleaner. You could be the buyer. You're, you're wearing about 50 different hats as the practice owner. And what tends to happen and what I see a lot of is that all of the problems come to you. Yeah. And not only have you had no training on how to build a business, you've now uh, having to deal with all the problems in the business that are coming to you, whilst on top of that being the primary fee earner for that particular practice. And, and so what happens is, and what I come across a lot, is dent dentists who are working 24-7. So you take your work home with you. It's evenings. It's weekends. Um, the quality time you're able to give to yourself, to your family, your friends is, is limited. And you're always thinking about work. And... I think that's because, you know, the, the, the technician that we've talked about is, is being the dentist, right? If you're a technician, you're, you're being the dentist. Yeah. And there's actually, there's a brilliant book called The E-Myth, which describes this perfectly. And I'd recommend anyone who listens to this, buy The E-Myth, read the book. It's a great start point because you have to transition from being a technician to being a manager. Are you taking care of the people? And then trans transition from being a manager to an entrepreneur, which is the person who, who builds the business. And this is really important as well. And I hope people get this, that what most people think of when it comes to a business is that it's something that makes them money. It's a service that they provide and so on and so forth. But the real definition of a business that I absolutely love is that a business is a commercial and profitable enterprise which works without you. So if you were to not turn up for six weeks, that business should, in theory, work without you. And most people haven't thought of a business in that way, especially dentists. You know, they're, because they're the dentist and primary fee earner, they're not looking to build their business to work without them. Now, this is not to say that they don't, that they shouldn't practice dentistry it's in the stages. future. It's, it's in stages, stages, right? And you should have the choice. If you love dentistry and you want to do dentistry, you should have the choice to practice it, but not do it because you have to, because that's the only way that the practice is going to remain open. Yeah, and, and that's the way it's about, like, having the, ideal scene like having the idea like the vision in your head or understanding the framework of like what would that need to look like right. in order to kind of transition there so like what would be some kind of like concrete kind of first steps in that direction would you say like let's say someone's opened their practice they are the primary fee earner at those yeah. points yeah right? you know like and there are solutions obviously which can help generate more revenue um, without more chair time you know more liners and you know digital monitoring things like this but the thing is right we don't want the dentist to be just doing everything themselves. Okay. So like, so what's yeah. the first steps that they can kind of think about and do? So is there kind of like a framework or something that they can kind of like. Yeah. Think so, about? 
So I would say the first step, which maybe not the most obvious step, is actually to do with mindset. It's okay. to do with the way in which you look at the time that you have available to you. Because a lot of people that I speak to, they, they prioritize, I call it you know, doing the work. They're in the business, right? They're, whether it's doing the dentistry, buying equipment or doing that type of stuff, what they have to learn is that taking two hours out in the week to actually think about your business, to think about marketing strategies, to think about you know, products like yours, for example, where it makes life easier and to actually contribute uh, your thinking time to making that happen is equally or more important than the treatments that you do that earn you money up front. And the mindset shift has to be about making that time extremely valuable because without making that time in your diary, and believe me, the, the time is there, the, the, the time's just being wasted at the moment doing the wrong things and self-management and time management and things like that which needs to be worked on but making time mentally and accepting that in those two or three hours in the week I'm going to be a business owner I'm not a dentist I'm a business owner and and in that time um working on the stuff that's going to make their business function better and that is you know exploring products and services that is strategy that is maybe looking at marketing, that is looking at all the things that make a business function and grow without them. So I would say that's the actual first step um, in, in, in transitioning from being a technician to a business owner and making time to be able to do, do the stuff that you're learning. Because it's so easy to overlearn and be, you know, be in education fatigue. But if you don't take action, what's the point of it all? Agree. And, and I think that's the key thing, right? Like you think like if you're doing say 40 hours of practice a week or whatever this and you're treating patients for 40 hours you need to think okay i need to allocate five hours or whatever it is like to being the practice owner the business owner right and think about like okay if at the moment 100 percent fees are generated by me how can what what would be able to generate 10 percent, 20 percent, 30 percent? what would that look like what would the product and service mix look like yeah. and then i think the other key thing is like <clears throat> dentists like to learn stuff read stuff yeah. for their own intellectual satisfaction and understanding but the thing is what has to be remembered is the dentist isn't the one that's going to implement everything basically right. right and i think the key thing is then it's like mixing the yes you need to kind of work on it and think about it but you need to start building and growing your team as well basically right yeah otherwise you're going to stay in that same place and just reading things and and and, and not implementing isn't it so i think yeah. having that shift of mindset having an initial person who wants to kind of grow and then like mapping out that kind of like pathway. So if you've decided that, right? And let's just say, for example, you start allocating, let's say three hours a week, for example, right? And you start thinking, okay, I need to generate this much revenue from other team members, hygienists, other associate dentists, whatever yeah. like this. What would be the kind of next bits that they would kind of like need to kind of maybe look at or monitor along that pathway, basically, would you say? So I would say once they've, managed to to take time out during the week to work on the business and actually you know what for some people three hours is going to be overwhelming even if they can make a half an hour or an hour a week to work on the business it will it will change everything because they'll start to realize that the business is not them from an identity perspective yeah right that's really important once they manage to do that the the next thing is to look at and i actually do this a lot with dentists is in terms of looking at the highest margin product right which yeah. products are you selling are, are you treatments uh, are you offering which offer you the highest profit margin 
not necessarily the highest sale price, but the highest profit margin, because profit margin is what you get to keep. So if we yeah. take an aligner product as an example, if we take braces or something like that, you know, there's really good margins in that. And the steps would then be to analyze, well, okay, over the last three months, how many of these cases did you do? You know, where did those patients come from? Yeah. How did you acquire them? Are you still in contact with them? If you've got 100 patients and 10 of them are doing treatment with you now, what's happened to the other 90? Exactly. You know, start to explore the highest margin uh, services that you're offering. And once that uh, analysis happens, that will start to paint a bit of a picture for you in terms of knowing where you need to move forward if you're looking to grow your practice and the revenues in your practice and to leverage some of the, the team that you've got in place already. Because let's say, for example, aligners are a, they're a growth potential product in your business. You can then sit down with your team and your associates or your hygienists and say, well, look, actually what we want to do now is all the patients that come in, we actually want to start promoting this type of product more. And let's develop a way in which we can do that. So you'll need to develop maybe a sales script or a sales structure. You need to develop a way to consult patients. You need to develop a way in which you can remarket to people that perhaps didn't sign up for treatment because they might not be ready today, but perhaps in six months they're ready. 100%. Like you have to have all those kind of systems in place. Right. And, and, and I completely agree with you, right? Like, let's just say like your typical clinic is like, I don't know, 25, 30K overhead or for something like this. And you're thinking, yeah. okay, rather than like all your time going into that, how can you break that up into different products or services which could be delivered by other people? And absolutely highest gross margin and at the same time also like the total contribution margin like the, the biggest amount as well because that's that's you know like um th then it means that you need less units of that right. to meet your overhead target and and absolutely like the thing is one thing that i think dentists don't realize is how much can be changed by literally switching some words literally switching some yeah. processes yeah. literally changing things like for example one thing that we see all the time is like we do audits of practices where we um see like how they how they reply to inquiries right and what what we actually find is that in many practice or most practices the way they actually handle a high value patient inquiry it's I think if they understood the lens in which it should be managed, they would be quite disappointed because typically the answer tends to be like, if someone said like, how much are aligners? They get a price of like, it's like four grand or it's like three and a half grand. And if you want to book an appointment, it's 50 quid. And that's basically it. And there's no follow-up or anything right. like this. And the thing is, someone's going to spend that much money on something. They need some education. They need some right. nurture. They need right. the kind of value. There needs to maybe be a digital step first. But just by changing the email template to begin with, and by putting people into a autoresponder or like engagement, campaign beforehand a simple thing like that can then take like 100 emails a month which go nowhere into suddenly you've got 10 new consoles booked and things like this with no no additional spend and, yeah. and it's like it's the dentist isn't working any harder but the but the system before them the process is just yeah. working better and it's absolutely spending the time on those things isn't it right like, and, that, and you know what it's so funny you say that so i have this conversation so much that there's actually, I don't know if this is a common thing in dentists or just generally among people to, to look at sales like it's a bad thing. But I have to be honest, like if you're in business, you're selling, whether you like it or not, right? You, you're selling. It's just helping people you're get helping people, You're helping it, people right? buy. That's the way you want to look at it. You're helping people yeah. buy. And what I say to people is this. I say, look, uh, when I'm speaking to dentists especially, look, you put yourself in your patient's shoes, right? You're about to spend £5,000, let's yeah. say, on your teeth right? You've sent in an inquiry and all you've got back is a price, like you said, or yes, we can offer this service, whatever the simple communication is. How likely are you to spend that 5,000 pounds versus if you get a phone call saying, 
Oh, hi, hi, Mr. Smith. Thank you for your inquiry. Um, I'm happy to share the prices with you. But first, tell me what's prompted you to explore getting your teeth straightened with an aligner, right? That's going to engage in conversation. It's not a yes, no question. It's a, it's a conversational question. And like you said, like having that automated is entirely possible. Um, you know, I know some people use virtual, virtual PAs and that type of thing to take incoming phone calls. And whether it's email templates, text messaging, but there's so much that you can do up front. People are too busy to take the phone call. Yeah, right. but there's so many steps you can kind of put in place there, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly, right? exactly. And, and that changes. So something that we coach on is called the five ways, right? There's five metrics we ask dentists and all of our clients to measure, which will, if they do it right in 18 months, they'll see their bottom line increase by 43%, right? So if they're doing, if they're making hundred thousand pounds profit in 18 months, that that 100,000 will jump to 143,000 pounds just by measuring these five key metrics, right? The first one is your profit margin. But the second one, which is probably a very close second, it could almost be the first one is your conversion rate, which is what we're talking about here. If you've got 100 inquiries coming in and only five of them are converting, imagine you take that five to 10, what that would do to your business. So I'll give you an example. Um, there's a client that I'm working with, multi-million pound practice, two sites, and they get something like 400 leads a month coming in for various different types of treatment, right? Yeah. Out of that, I think uh, across the two sites, they have a nine, no, sorry, 10 high ticket sales, right? So Invisalign or Aligner or you know, braces, whatever product it might be. And yeah. after looking at the metrics and the conversion rates, we uh, discovered that if they increase the conversion rate across the board by, I think it was 1.2%, that actually, that means in numbers, rather than doing 10 straightener treatments a month, they'll do 12 and a half. I know half's not possible, but it's going from 10 to 12 and a half a month. That increases their bottom line by 120,000 pounds. 120,000 pounds by doing two and a half more treatments a month. And all they're doing is adjusting their conversion rate. All it's they're doing is adjusting people. how they speak with people. Agree. It's not about doing more stuff. It's about just doing some stuff better, basically, right? And like, this goes back to, sorry to jump in, and this goes back to what I was talking about earlier. The reason a lot of people struggle with this is because their mentality is, I don't have the time. Okay, well, if you don't have the time, in 10 years, we are going to be having the same conversation that we're having today. If you do not make the time and make that mental shift and make the time in your life to do this, then how do you expect to see growth in your business and in yourself? Because it will be 10 years, we'll have the same conversation again. No, and it's like, it's also taking ownership over the different components of the business, basically, right. right? So rather than think of it as like, oh, that's the reception area, and then that's this bit, and this this bit. It's like think of the whole thing as like one unique, one complete thing. Because what I find is that a lot of receptionists, for example, and it's not their fault, they, they think their job is to keep the reception tidy and make sure that there's no unanswered emails and make sure the paper is neatly filed and all the CQC ticks boxes are done. And it's like, right. I've done my job perfectly. And they have done a job perfectly yeah. but if you think about the, the the prime the prime job which is drive more revenue within the practice then not necessarily because just because you answer the emails quickly and gave it in a very thing you know simple answer that isn't necessarily going to achieve the objective so it's like the dentist designing and thinking okay how does it the experience need to be how does the follow-up need to be yeah. and what tools can i give my team so they're not yeah. working more and more and more but they can do what they need to do and and, and do better, basically, because that's what all people want to be. They yeah. want to be rewarded and engaged and in that, what they do. So to add to what you're saying, like the team is so important, especially in, in dentistry, because, and, and what I find is 
exactly like you said like when i initially start speaking with practice owners they'll be like oh my my team just does this they only do the basics and da, 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 da. and then i always ask them this question i said well whose responsibility is that and they always say it's theirs and i have to call them out and i said no it's yours what training have you given them what you know how um well established how much do they care about your visions and your values for your practice how well do they know if i went to speak to any one of your team members could they recite back to me the values of your practice no could they recite back to me anything to do with your business do they know what your kpis are do they know what their kpis are no okay do they understand how they can grow in their role no so so what's the incentive basically oh, yeah whose responsibility is that do they know I, that how vital they are to the chain of um making a patient become uh, sorry making an inquiry turn into a patient do they know how important they are no do you have weekly one one-to-ones with them no so okay now let me ask you the question again whose responsibility is it and then you see, then you see the the eyes light up. It's like, oh, I get it. And then what that leads to is almost like a feeling of dread because it's like, oh my god, how am I going to do all of this? Seems insurmountable. Like, in, yeah. Seems insurmountable. Same with the marketing, like the stuff that we're talking about here. And, and 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 actually, the reality is that you can't do all of this stuff overnight. It takes like months and months, years and years. It's a process. And really, if you've never done it before, you can only do one thing at a time. But I think that's also why I love the stuff that you guys do, because you're taking so much of the thinking and the effort out of the dentist's hands. And it's like, look, just plug this in. And whilst you work on everything else, we'll take care of this bit for you until you get to a point where you can start to do more of it yourself. But at least in the interim, let us take care of things. And that's going to buy you time back. I agree. And I think like I think the key thing that you said is like, when you talk about like values, you talk about like different things. It can't just be something written on a um, on, on a piece of paper. You can't just say or oh, value your team or this this. You actually have to do it. Like what what do you do to like right. try and actually make that real? And at the same time, like you also then want to make sure that you've got like you know a clear vision because like you said at the very beginning, if it runs without you, it means it's run by the team, and yeah. it means that the team has opportunities for growth and 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 for development and and, and further things like this. And and yeah. you have to structure those things in in place but but i agree with you but i think like that's where it's it's key that if you start with like just get more out of what you've already got and then you can use that to reinvest into other things it then becomes more sustainable in that way so yeah. so talk me through okay so let's just say you said you start looking at those five things you start growing you know your your your, your revenue your profitability and things like this what other things would you you have to get much more comfortable with delegating right like right. you have to get much rather than abdicating abdicating is like you just do it and i don't know how it's going to be done delegating is like this is how it should be done right. and maybe working with external people or different things and then it's like helping make sure that that's in place and then having other people or yourself to help check yeah. that that goes in place so what's that kind of like journey in that process like basically like so, when you go um slightly deep but i do a lot of i'll start again actually it is a, a slightly deep topic because and you have to start it really objectively when especially when i'm working with with dentists and and practice owners you have to start very objectively and you have to say look you are the leader here's the hierarchy here's the, 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 the. but then actually what it gets into very quickly and, and they start to realize that is that it's an identity question a lot of practice owners though they appreciate that they are the owner of the business they have yet to fully embrace and take on the identity of a leader right that's really important uh, they have yet to take on the identity of a leader and what does that mean that means sometimes you're having to have difficult conversations that means taking always whether you like it or not accountability 
ownership and responsibility of what happens in the practice. If your team messes up, that's on you as the leader. It's not your team's problem. That's on you. That's on you to explore how you could make that system and that process better. If they win, if the team wins, that's on them. You don't ever get the praise of that. But you have to take this identity of the leader on board. And, and oftentimes, I find that there's a lot of work that we do on making this identity shift. So we have to delve into people's beliefs, their I am statements, their, their identity, their self-talk, uh, the affirmations that they use. There's different methods that, that we use so that people can start to become a better leader. We also look at self-management and the, the use of a diary a lot. So, you know, time blocking. How, where are you making time for you? Where are you making time for your team and actually sticking to it? Because simple things like making an, making a, a, an appointment or a meeting with a team member every week on a Monday at 8.45 and turning up to it is sometimes the first step because oftentimes people aren't even doing that. They'll be like, yeah, we'll have a meeting and it won't happen for whatever reason. Patient turns up, this happens, this happens. That's the thing, isn't it, right? Like if, you, if, you, if you've not block the time out and made it a priority then you you're basically saying you're not serious about this basically isn't yeah it, right? you're saying to the other person i don't care about you yeah that, and that's and, what you're saying in in not so many words you're saying i've made an appointment i've made time to see you you've made time with me but i'm not turning up because i don't care about you the patient was more important this dropping my kid off at school was more important everything else is more important than you so that's going to drop the morale and diminish your standing as a leader so to, to, uh, going back to answering your question, it's first of all embracing and learning how to become a leader and, and, and taking on that identity. Then what we do is we work with people and people can work on themselves to understand how to delegate and to build a team. Because yeah. right? the whole idea, the whole model is that you as the leader, your sole purpose should be to take care of the team. Because if you do that, then the team will take care of your patients and the patients will take care of your business. Your business then takes care of you, right? It's a circle. And, and so we then go into, okay, if you've got values in your business, are you hiring people for the right attitude or are you hiring for, for skills? Because if you've got certain values, the people you hire should have the attitude to match that. But oftentimes they don't. People just hire for the sake of hiring because they've got a good CV and they're a good nurse or a good hygienist or a good dentist. It's a very difficult mismatch, basically, right? And there's no, there's, there's no, there's no, um, and people say culture all the time, but it's like, it's, it's a question of like, is it a, is it a place where you feel comfortable? You feel engaged? Everyone's like trying to make things better and you, and you feel happy with each other rather than just throw together a different people who can fill different positions yeah. and then you just have conflict everywhere basically and it creates exactly. all, 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 all sorts of things which then take your energy away yeah. as opposed to kind of growing it and i think i think what people don't realize is that like there are so many things which can drain your energy as like leaks and 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 and, and resources and, and effort and if you've never never had the experience of actually crafting or growing in in the right way mm. then don't realize that you're just perpetually firefighting and then you start thinking and you become cynical and you think that yeah. oh yeah it doesn't work like this and, and you have to be like this and all that kind of stuff and then that, that that's just not going to go anywhere and I think that's the mindset so from that kind of like sort of like the people the dentists or the, or the team people that you work with the best what kind of mindsets like what kind of attitudes would they would they embrace would you say like in this kind of thing what did what type of attitude do, do they have as uh, they, they, owners or do they look yeah, yeah. 
no, they're the people that you say, let's say the dentists that like as practice owners that make the best progress right, and are right, able right. to have multiple sites stuff. Like what, what are the kind of like attitudes and mindsets or commonalities in, in those things? It's, it's good to be concrete, isn't it? Like, uh, so I would say first and foremost, they've got a growth mindset. And that means that they're, they're open to being challenged. They're open to being asked difficult questions. They are open to being self-aware and becoming more self-aware which is really important because it's, if you're telling someone, you know, about something or you're trying to coach someone on a topic and work through a problem and all they're saying is, yeah, but this, yeah, I know that. And yeah, I'm not sure about that. Then how can you help that person? Yeah. Like, you can't. But the people that tend to have the biggest growth are the ones that say, I've got this problem. And I'll be like, well, okay, how have you contributed to that problem? And they'll sit there and they'll go, okay, good question. Maybe I could have done this, 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 and this. Okay, let's explore that. Okay, tell me about what training have you given this person? Why, why is that person acting the way that they're acting? Not because of them, but because of the way that your practice is set up, right? What, so um, I, I know, for example, uh, you know, recruitment, especially for nurses, is like gold dust at the moment in, in the dental yeah. world, right? So um, it's a challenge that I come across a lot. So I will say to people, like, okay, fine. If we know that this is a problem that's consistent, that problem is not going anywhere, right? We can't yeah. do anything about that. What's your recruitment process like? How often are you marketing and recruiting for nurses? What channels are you using to recruit new nurses? What what's you, your proposition? What are you offering them? Mr. Why, yeah, why is a nurse going to choose you or someone else beyond money? Exactly. And if I'm asking people these difficult questions, the ones that perform the best are the ones that say, well, at the moment, I'm just posting on the Indeed. I should actually be posting elsewhere. I need help with that. So we'll be like, okay, what channels do you have available to you? And they'll start off by saying, I don't know, right? I, I just, indeed, and my website, that's it. Then we'll start exploring, what about social media? What about your patients? What about your friends and family? What about this? Da, 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 da. And then the ideas start to develop. But they're so open to working the problem that they then start to see the biggest growth. And so, you know, from someone having one channel to start recruiting nurses to all of a sudden having 10, that they're consistently putting messages out to, to say, I want a nurse, I need nurses, I need nurses. You start to see them recruiting. You start to see them interviewing three, three nurses a week. I think and that's key, how the changes happen. Agree. I think, the, I think the key things is like, what are you offering? What's your value proposition? And how well you're making it known, basically, isn't it? Like, because I think like, I think the whole, the whole thing is that like, whatever you think you have to do, you need to, the, the needs, these, these days, the, everything is so crowded and so competitive. Yeah. You need to be doing more. And when I say you, I don't mean as an individual. I mean as the company or as the processes or whatever. So you have to get those systems and processes in place so it can do more on a repeatable basis. Otherwise, it's just not yeah. going to kind of go with that. But no, this is this has been very 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 helpful. What do you? What would you say that like um, a good first step? So let's just say someone's like listening to this and they're thinking, okay, I recognize that maybe I need to embrace the mindset of a learner. I maybe need to like start to think about, okay, if I reflect and think, okay, I am responsible for. All these things it can seem a lot right you yeah. know like what would be the kind of like the first step you know if they want to kind of like learn more um you know understand you know what could be done what would you kind of recommend because like the last thing you want to feel like demotivated because there's right like right i would say the first step would be to to set a goal just if you've never done any of this before set one single goal for yourself right let's say for the next six months 
right? So by, by the end of this six months, I want to achieve X. So that X could be, you know, actually, I just want to work Monday to Friday, nine to five. I don't want to take work home with me. Or, you know, I want to stop the chaos in my workplace. So the way that you, you would set a goal is that my goal is X, and you use these words, this will be measured by, right? So if you set a goal followed by this will be measured by, you have to be able to answer that. And then that means yeah. that you've actually got a pretty decent goal that you've written. From that, I would then work backwards. And the second step would be, and again, if you've never done this before, this is probably going to be an equally as important step is to carve out an hour in your week where you will be undisturbed, ideally during the working day, not in yeah. your private time, not on weekends, not on evenings, in your work week, get into the habit of doing this, carve out an hour to be a business owner, and then use that hour each week to start working on one problem that your business is facing, solve that one problem as a business owner. If it's recruiting new nurses, and that's the biggest thing that's holding you back, do that, you know, and, and then take it from there. And actually, sorry, I think Sorry, I've got the order. There's one more step. There's three steps, I would say, before getting to that carving out the hour. So the first step is to set the goal. Yep. The second step is to identify the three biggest challenges that you're facing in your business today. And then the third step would be to carve out that hour and to focus on the number one problem, solve that problem. I think those as three simple steps are doable, hopefully not feeling overwhelmed and, and insurmountable. And then beyond that, I would say seek help, change your environment, you know, work with people like yourselves, work with a coach, speak to someone because the environment that you have, the people that you're surrounded with are going to have a direct impact. Agree. And, and the locations as well, right? Taking the time out, go to a different place and then have yeah. a different mindset and everything yeah. like this. But I think that's really, really great, Kirk. So like, I think you've given some really great actionable bits and it, and it leads quite nicely to come next bit. So if someone wanted to take the first step and kind of learn more and everything like this, like um, how could they get in touch? How could they find you? What, what would be the next, what would they do? Um, so, I, I mean, I'm on, I'm on Instagram, obviously. Uh, you know, we talk a lot on Instagram. So Kurt Sahota. Uh, on Instagram, K-O-O-K-S-S-A-H-O-T-A. And uh, yeah, if they just contacted me there, I think that'd be the easiest way. And, and then I can, uh, well, I actually have a couple of hours a month where I do gifted coaching. So an hour's free business coaching. Um, so I can just send someone a link. Yeah, I mean, I'll share it with you. I'll share the link with you. You can send it out to everyone. And if they wanted to, we've done hours, hours coaching uh, to work through some of these, these steps and and hopefully start to get people to to build the business that they want and just to get their lives back just to be happy and and to enjoy what they're doing you know um i think that that would be that would be the best way to go about it that's fantastic listen thank you very much for everything and it was brilliant catching up and yeah we'll, we'll share the links and then as i say if people want to kind of reclaim their time and stop the work bleeding into all the elements of their other life and then regain that control then I think that like following what you said about having the, the goal first and then having the, the, the focus time and kind of going from there and then seeking help is a great first step. So listen, thank you so much for your time today, Cooks. Really, really appreciate it. Oh, likewise, I uh, always enjoy talking to you, mate. So uh, yeah, it was good fun. Yes. Thanks for joining us and connect with us at www.gobeyondtheclinic.com.